In the beginning there was naught but chaos. Darkness and despair swirled and whirled, but in that darkness was a mote of light that grew with each passing moment. This light, brightly shining against the shadow, would insist itself into being, and as if in defiance of the void itself, it began to take shape. Would there have been any witnesses, they may have said the shape resembled a humble egg. And just as the chaos had taken shape as this egg, soon did all creation begin to reflect its hatching. The being that hatched from this egg? That is a question that has gone unanswered for as long as time had begun to tick. There are those that say this being was the world itself, emerging into existence solely to experience itself. There are others who say that this was the first living thing, a Pokémon capable of creating the very earth it would one day walk. There are even those who claim that the very mystery of creation itself was hatched, and that to find the answer to that mystery would undo all that happened since its birth. What you are about to hear is but one of the many interpretations. We know today that many different Pokémon walk the Hisui region, but before the first Bidoof dug a hole to escape the prowling Starlies above, there was Arceus. Arceus, the magnificent progenitor of life that escaped the howling chasm of the void, intended to bring peace and order to the world from which it was born. So great was the power of Arceus that it saw the flaws in the shattered universe and sought to remedy them so that its perception of things would match this new reality. First to come was the foundation of the physical world, and so from Arceus came Palkia, so that form may take shape in the realm. Next came Dialga, so that time may march onwards and give context to the shape of things. Then, from the darkest reaches of Arceus's understanding, came Giratina, so that the space between space may find the order that so eluded the primordial chaos. With the matter of the universe thus created, all that remained was perception. For Palkia, Dialga, and Wily Giratina were powerful, yet deeply flawed with the weight of their responsibility. To temper their immense physical force, Arceus imbued the world with emotion to ensure their calmed mission. Uxi bestowed knowledge that the world might understand its purpose. Mesprit gave emotion that the world might reckon with that purpose, and Azelf gave willpower that the world might give in to determination. Thus Arceus gave both form and purpose to the world so that it may experience it fully. What followed were eons of blissful existence, which led to the birth of the world as we know it today. But peace, like chaos, is not eternal and soon violence would visit the world which Arceus had created. Wily Giratina, angered by its purpose and unable to be swayed by spirits of emotion, exacted violence on the world so great that Arceus was forced to banish its creation to the realm between realms, a distorted place where no warmth can be found. It is said that Giratina resides there to this day, plotting its revenge on its creator. Is that vile legacy of Giratina the reason the Pokémon which roam the earth are so violent unto us? Perhaps. Or perhaps it was ordained by Arceus from the moment of its creation that these things would come to pass. 
And what of us, the humans that live alongside these great creatures? We are left to ponder the mystery itself, though what benevolence we are shown by Arceus, that we do not ponder the mystery alone in this wonderful world of Pokémon. You are listening to Pokemon Rose, a nostalgic look back at the world of Pokemon. Ah, uh, we're here to talk Mythopoeia. That's right, it's a $10 word for a really simple idea. How is the world created? Or rather, how do we think it was created? What kind of myths and legends come out of our question for meaning for our existence? What well, would it shock you to know that the world of Pokemon also has these questions? Probably not, if you're listening to episode 16 of my series here, but that's neither here nor there. Yes, Mythopoeia is one of my favorite things to explore, especially in fantastic worlds like Pokemon. To give you kind of a real-world example of a Mythopoeia, think about the creation myth of the world, right? God created the world in seven days. Or think about Zeus and the Titans of Greek mythology. It's a way to explain how we got to where we are and why we think about what we do. And the tricky thing about Mythopoeia is that it's not set in stone. You have to remember that most of these mythological histories of countries or the world, wherever you're looking, come from a place of the oral tradition, meaning they were passed down through story uh, over generations and generations. So obviously, things are going to change. It's not going to be the exact same story every time you hear it. I mean, even the Bible, the King James Bible as we know it today, is not exactly the same as the Talmud or uh, any of the older texts that came before it. Things change to kind of fit the narrative of the time. So you're not going to be getting a one-size-fits-all origin myth of any particular culture. And the same is true of Pokemon. And that's what Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum do so very well. If you remember back to my episodes about Red and Blue, I talked about the kind of underlying myth of Mewtwo and how he was created. Uh, namely, how he was created through experimentation and kind of diabolical means. But the interesting thing about that story is that it's not flat out told to you by a main character. There's not really a point in the story where Giovanni, for example, comes out and says exactly what his plan was with Mewtwo or what he was looking to do, right? It's more of a hidden kind of story that you get to find exploring the world. So it's baked into the structure of the world itself. That's the really cool thing about myth, is that you can maybe buy a book of myth and read about uh, the kind of uh, creation of a particular god or the reason why we have the wind or, you know, the, the dichotomy between the pure and impure or heaven and hell. Pick your poison, right? It's going to be in some book somewhere. But that doesn't mean it's definitive. Because every time a myth is told, it's told through a different lens of perception, a different lens of context. There's time that comes into things like this, Things change over time, and so too do the myths and how we interpret them. Spatial awareness also changes our perception of these things. Where are you in the world? You know, is, uh, is a Christian from America going to have the same 
mythopoeic outlook on life as a Christian from Europe, it's probably going to be very similar, but there's going to be minute enough differences that you're going to get two different stories. And that doesn't mean that neither story has merit or that there is no big out there out there. There is something. I would argue it's a collection of all of these stories, and the truth lies somewhere in between. This kind of formless chaos that we extract meaning from to try to understand the chaos from which we all are born, and in a lot of cases are born into. Pokemon is no different, and Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum give us a really cool idea of how the world of Pokemon came to be. I think the longer you go with any franchise or any story, the more questions are going to come up about how the world itself works. I mean, it's no different from reality, right? The longer you're alive, the more you wonder about how things work. And I think that Pokemon in the fourth generation with Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum really had an opportunity to explain how the people of the world have given themselves place and meaning in what is otherwise a completely incomprehensible existence. And I, I, I don't mean that Pokemon is an incomprehensible existence. I mean that any existence is often incomprehensible and esoteric. See, this is where my religious studies degree is coming out as a, as a bit of a, uh, I don't want to say a flex, but it kind of is. I'm kind of flexing a little bit, just my knowledge of things so that I can share it with all of you and my excitement for the Pokemon world and the people within it. If you live on a planet long enough, you're going to start wondering, why does time move the way it does? Why can I not go back in time? How do I perceive things? And why do I perceive them this way? Is it maybe to create a story of my life so that I can share that with others? Is there some purpose that I have beyond just existing? Am I here to just exist for existence's sake and maybe see the world so that the world may see itself? These are philosophical questions that I think in any smart franchise are going to come out in some way, shape, or form as time goes on. The world of Pokemon Red, Blue, Gold, Silver, and Ruby and Sapphire are complex and interesting, as I've described in detail. But you kind of take for granted that that's the way the world works, right? It's like your buy-in to a fantasy story. I believe that these creatures called Pokemon exist in this world. And I also believe that when you're 10 years old, you go out on a journey and you start fighting with these Pokemon or raising them or breeding them or, you know, just kind of living with them and enjoying the world. I understand that. But, I mean, people in the real world grow up and get jobs and, you know, they, they learn things in school and then they go and they have families. And I kind of take that for granted, too. But there's all of these myths and stories and legends and religious ideas that come about from that day-to-day -day existence that try to give reason or purpose to that day-to-day -day existence. So why wouldn't that happen in the Pokemon world? Well, the Sinnoh region is full of these questions. And just like the story of Mewtwo, a lot of them are just beneath the surface in a way that makes you feel as if this world has been asking these questions for as long as it's been able to ask them. And we maybe didn't see them in the previous games because those games weren't preoccupied with it. 
there were different goals in red and blue. Red and blue, you want to be the best. Gold and silver, you want to follow in someone's footsteps. Ruby and sapphire, you got to stop an evil plan from unfolding. But in diamond and pearl, and platinum especially, all of these kind of come together in a way that really cements how the Pokemon world functions. I think that Sinnoh, the region of Sinnoh in the, in the fourth generation games, is probably the best example of the world being actualized in the Pokemon franchise. You have all of these books littered throughout the world that talk about the mystery of Dialga and Palkia, these uh, incredible forces of nature that give form and function to the world. You hear these myths about the lake spirits, these Pokemon that exist at the three different lakes around the Sinnoh region, and what their purpose may be, or why they may be there, or more importantly, who they may interact with, who they may deign to interact with, given their purity of spirit. If you have a world like that, where you believe in these myths, what you start to find out is that Mythopoeia is a cyclical way of existing. Let me put it to you this way. If we have a world where I am trying to figure out why the sun rises, first I'm going to notice that the sun rises and sets and rises and sets. Then I'm going to create a story for why that happens. Apollo is bringing the day, and then he leaves, and he brings the day again, right? But then Apollo becomes a character, and Apollo starts having emotions and direction and purpose. And all of a sudden, the reason for the sun rising and setting is intentionally imbued with a person's life. So too are the reasons for emotion and time and space and nothingness and distortion and evil and good in the Pokemon world personified through legendary Pokemon. Now the next step is how the hell do you reckon with the myths that exist in a world when those Pokemon are real things? Did the myths actually happen? Are the Pokemon really responsible for what we believe them to be? They certainly seem capable of it. But is it really the case that Arceus began the universe and created everything in its wake? Or did we just see these powerful Pokemon and glom these myths onto it? This is the mystery of Mythopoeia, the beautiful mystery of myth and legend. And I invite you to keep this in your mind when we go forward, not only in uh, Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum, but in all the games that we talk about from here on out, and retrospectively the other games that we've talked about, because this is a very deeply emotionally intelligent thing that the Pokemon world is exploring. How do we place ourselves in a world that is so confusing and majestic and beautiful and give ourselves purpose? How do we dream in a shapeless void?